College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Boom, boom. All right, welcome in, welcome in, guys. It is Tuesday evening. It is January 14th, and it is hotter than heck where I am. Gosh darn, I'll never complain about the weather again. Carl, how you doing? It's time for Building the Broncos. I'm good. I, I just spent the last two days at camp outside. Okay. It was 106 our first day of camp. Oh, so, God. Yeah, it's... Uh, I got myself a nice little tan going on. Really starting to look like I'm I'm a, my summer guy again. Yeah. Other than I got the <laughs> farmer's tan going, but uh, no, it's it's good to be in an air conditioned office again and getting to hang out with all of you fine folk. Yeah, I uh, said it on the show this morning, but I was fortunate enough to go uh, with one of my best buddies here. We drove about another hour from the Quad Cities where I'm at now and uh, do some fishing. And there's nothing more or making me more disgruntled than being in being hot and then having hot air blow on you like a hot fart or something it's a god <laughs> the worst uh, but uh had some good time fishing my thumb is a little bit raw from all the uh the fish lips so you know it was good Aww. fishing there but um good time uh happy to be here unfortunately uh back for a funeral tomorrow and then a wedding on saturday but uh getting through it and uh, building the broncos obviously welcome in guys every tuesday night we're gonna have building the broncos with carl and i we've been going strong on tuesday nights since honestly probably since these live streams started but uh, we've been going at these broncos podcasts since I would be, what would it be? March, 2017 probably would be about then. It was definitely before the 2017 draft. I don't know how much before I think it was February, March, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, I remember we weren't doing the live shows back then. And I I remember sitting in a coffee shop because I'd write out the script for each show and then you'd do all the editing. That's kind of how we went back and forth. And uh, I remember sitting in coffee shops writing out all these notes and people are like, man, he's writing a book or something over there. <laughs> no, writing notes about a game. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, I will say that the live streams are a little less work because it's more organic. Um, you have yeah. to do more like actual prep script wise, but uh, welcome in, obviously building the Broncos and uh, you guys can follow Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummer MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. And uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat. Um, some building the Broncos uh, friends of the show, Dylan Von Arks, of course, saying sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. That goes for our Facebook folks and our YouTube folks. If you haven't done so yet, thank you for the ones that just came in tune as, as soon as I said that. Corey Johnson coming in with the corn and the horse. I'm going to think this is Iowa and Broncos here and also bread. Um, maybe it's because how white I am, too. Uh, you're getting the tan over there. We haven't had sun in the Pacific Northwest yet. So uh, 
Here we are. And Dale saying, evening. I don't remember. Is Nick going to be here tonight? I am here tonight, and uh, I will be off tomorrow because tomorrow is the funeral, and I'm going to be a – I guess I'm just going to be muscle uh, for a lot of that. Nick is going to be in charge of picking things up and putting them down and moving them from place to place. So uh be a little bit of fun and a great time for the one of the hottest heat waves we've had here in the Midwest for a bit, but uh, is what it is. And also Chad Jensen coming in here. I recognize that face. Say uh, BTB, our MHH pod OGs. Yeah, we do go way back. Uh, Chad found me on Facebook saying, hey, do you write for anybody? I'm like, no. Would you like to? Uh, yeah. Would you want to get, you know, some, you know, whatever for it? I'm like, hell yeah. So then found Carl too. And uh, the rest, I guess, is kind of history. So uh, thank you so much, Chad. Hope you're doing well down there in Utah. Let's say hello to some other people in here as well. Uh, we got Jeff Noise in the house saying hello, Nick and Carl and Dylan and everyone in Broncos country. Absolutely. Mike S is in the house saying, what's up, Broncos country? Good to see you, Mike S. Diamond Rattler's in the house, too, saying, boom, let's ride. Awesome to see you. And, of course, we got a couple of other folks in here coming in. That Pharmacist saying, yo, yo, Broncos country. Good to see you. Uh, Ernie Mays is in the house, too. Hello, Nick and Carl. Go Broncos. Shades in the house. Evening, Broncos country. And uh, Facebook user as well saying, hey, guys, let's ride. Go Broncos. So um, let's get into it today. The first thing we wanted to talk about was that caught me. I guess I grabbed my attention the other day was uh, Melvin Gordon uh, back at uh, minicamp now, obviously missed the volunteer or the, what is it, non-mandatory OTA segment of the offseason, which he tends to do, um, but uh, he's back now for minicamp, so that's great. And he had been working with Russell Wilson, you know, going through the playbook, meeting with him, et cetera, et cetera, virtually. Um, and I hope that the Nathaniel Hackett, with everything that he's brought here to this coaching staff, maybe the virtual stuff is a little bit easier, uh, different methods to learn, so maybe it's not you know, that big of a deal hasn't been in the past, but uh, Melvin Gordon um, coming out here with the press conference. I'm going to pull up the video clip here. That Scott's uh, you know, I, I told, I told, um, you know, George, um, when I, when I was at the table, I told him, you know, I'm not going to lay down, you know, I'm not going to lay down. Um, I know with a lot of people outdoor, is that my phone? No, that's his phone. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Okay. Uh, nah, I'm not going to lay down, man. Uh, you know, I've always had that mindset, um, that I got to go get it, you know, that someone, they bring in every, someone in here to take your job. And like I said, I know a lot of people are, are, you know, wanting me to take the back seat. And, you know, I get it. It's been like that for a while. It's been like that when I was with the Chargers. Everyone wanted Austin to start. And, you know, I just come out here and I do my thing. Thanks for the motivation, everybody. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> the added extra motivation. I need it. You know, I need it. And uh, I'm going to just go out here and do what's best for the squad, man. Um, I put my best foot forward down every time I go out there. And then I see what happens. You know, the goal is to make them want to play me, you know. So I know we're going we gonna to do our thing. Me and Vontae going to do it. I don't really know how, you know, we're going to do the reps or things like that. Um, you know, the, the, the goal right now is really to master the playbook and let things, you know, um, play out, but uh, I'm going to definitely be ready to battle. You know, that's what it is. That's going to make us better than did last year, and I'm going to continue to do that. You know, I don't care how old people think I'm getting. I feel good. I've been sharing the ball <laughs> since I got in the league uh, with running back. So this is nothing new. I, you know, I've been battling for a while. You know, I think Austin Eckler is a, a hell of a bat, you know, and I had to battle with him and do the same thing. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just my luck, man. <laughs> I just happen to be, you know, Paired up with some great backs. Yeah. Now, fortunately and unfortunately and unfortunately, I would say. 
Yeah, awesome. So there, Melvin Gordon, always really articulate, always good to hear him talk. Um, that's that uh, Wisconsin education, I guess, coming through there. But uh, your general thoughts on what Melvin Gordon had to say definitely was getting some people uh, laughing there in the press conference. Also had me reaching for my phone because I thought my alarm was going off. So uh, psych. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Melvin Gordon, any uh, general thoughts off of that? And then we can kind of dig into this. Uh, yeah, I I think people read into this a little too much, Yeah, you know, of uh, thinking that he's not a big fan of Javante or something like that. No, it's just the guy has done well everywhere he's gone. Hmm. And you don't do that unless you are a competitor. And so he, he wants to compete. He wants to still start. I know everybody wants Javante to get as many carries as possible, and I do too. But Melvin Gordon is still a really good running back in the NFL. He almost rushed for 1,000 yards last year. And of the two running backs, he was the more consistent. I know he had the fumbles. We got to count those in there, of course, as, as part of the evaluation. But when we're talking about from a, a play-in, play-out he was the guy that was finding the right holes, was living in the, the offense that he needed to be. Javante was kind of up and down. You know, he, he got better as the season went on, but he was kind of a hit and miss of it's either going to be a really big play or he's going to get stuffed at the line of scrimmage because he made the wrong decision. And, and so Javante has got to get better on, in his vision side of things. Melvin Gordon's got to get better with the fumbles, but the two of them competing, that, that only helps the Broncos. When you've got a 1A, 1A, 1B running back situation, Teams can't relax when that second running back comes in. They have to sit there and say, this is a starter quality guy that can do everything, that can be a true three-down running back. And, and so, like I said, I, I love it. I love that he has that mentality coming into this of, I'm not coming back to the Broncos because nobody else is willing to pay me. It's, no, I'm coming here because I really want to start. Uh, I know he said it in another part. Uh, he came back because he just doesn't want to start over again is part of it, too. You know, it's hard to keep moving every single year to a whole new team, a whole new city, all those kind of things. So, uh, like I said, I, I love this mentality that he has. I, I think he's really good for the, for the Broncos. What about you? Yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. I was looking for a quote um, from uh, Zach Hicks, who does work for the Colts on the uh, Sports Illustrated side of things, and also a Derek Klassen, uh, who, if you remember, Carl, we had him on the podcast a few times mm -hmm. um, covering quarterbacks when the Broncos were searching for a quarterback. But uh, he had a quote. Um, There's been some Melvin Gordon conversation and uh, saying that a 2021 might have been the most impressed. Uh, this is from Derek Klassen, a QB class on Twitter, saying 2021 might have been the most impressed he's ever been with Melvin Gordon. Super steady present in every phase of the game. Such a rock for that offense last season. And then Zach Hicks uh, came in and said that uh, Melvin Gordon was obviously and significantly the better of the two Broncos running backs last season um, from the film analysis that he did. So uh, not my quotes um, from other people who are well-respected uh, in this industry, but uh, definitely I'm really excited to have Melvin Gordon here. And the fact that he is coming in and trying to not lay down and die uh, essentially for the carries and the role can only be a good thing uh, for the Broncos. You know, this is obviously can be respectful, but having these two running backs be competitive with each other and, you know, trying to one up each other, you know, anything you can do, I can do better mm -hmm. um, can be good. Obviously there is a line um, where like they're doing something stupid or, you know, instead of getting out of bounds, they're not protecting the ball as much or doing one too many moves. But I think overall, this is uh, can only be a good thing for the Broncos, especially with, the fact that I think this offense is still going to be pretty heavily reliant on the run. That maybe reliance is the wrong word, but they are going to use the run game a good bit still, even with Russell Wilson in-house. Right. You're going to have teams that are going to dare the Broncos to run. They're yeah. going to say, we're not going to let Russell Wilson be the guy that beats us today. And when you can have that secondary option of how to go win a game with offense through running the football like crazy and making the team have to adjust and say, okay, never mind. We have to have eight people in the box. 
because they're just running it down like the, the Browns last year to the Broncos. They just pretty much ran it down the Broncos and, and said, we dare you to stop us because we don't think you can. And it just, it makes life so much easier. And and then you can kind of get into the ebb and flow of, okay, here's how the defense is playing us today. It's a passing day. Okay. Now they're trying to stop the pass. Now we can run the football. It, like I said, it just, it's complimentary football and it just makes the team that much more uh, difficult to, to come to prepare for. And it's just one of those, you got to choose how you're going to, to be destroyed that day. That's, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, for you, Fantasy people at home, you know, this uh, obviously taking into account Derek Klassen's opinion and uh, Zach Hicks. Um, if you are in fantasy drafts and you have Javante Williams going, let's say, round two and Melvin Gordon going round five, probably better to take the value on uh, Melvin Gordon because obviously things can change here. Melvin Gordon's older. Javante, Hick, uh, Javante Williams is an ascending player, but uh, might get better value, better value uh, for two running backs who are close. And uh, I found the quote from uh, Zach Hicks saying uh, that uh, – Melvin Gordon was much better last season than Javante Williams. And I know that Zach Hicks did some work for us over at uh, mile high huddle as well. So maybe some of you guys are familiar with his work. Um, let's keep getting into it here. We got some more people coming in that we want to say hello to and have some points on uh, Melvin Gordon and his comments here in this running back split, I guess we'll call it for now. I'm really excited to see what it looks like this year. Uh, Jeff noise saying Gordon doesn't fumble all that much, but when he does it's critical times, which makes them stand out. I mean, Yes, that's that's true. Uh, no doubt about that. But any any kind of turnover, for the most part, in close games is going to feel critical. And because of how the Broncos played last season uh, with good defense, I think overall good scheming and uh, overall uh, offensive structure that uh, and guys, let me know if Carl froze out here. I feel like I'm let me know because <laughs> Carl's Carl's face is frozen. It could be me that's out of here. Um, but um, the way the Broncos played last year, they're going to have a lot of close games in general. That's just the design of the offense and defense together. So the, all the fumbles were magnified. Uh, he only put the ball in the turf one more time than Javante Williams last year. He just had Melvin Gordon had the unfortunate luck of th- three of his fumbles going to the other team where Melvin or Javante Williams fumbles. I think both of them were picked up by the Broncos. And that's just, you'd expect that. It's kind of like flipping a coin every time. Every time it's back to 50-50 split. Uh, there's no gambler fallacy here. So next time you're 50-50 again. Yeah. And uh, it's not 50-50 here. Uh, Phil coming in, helping us big time with the support on Tuesday nights on Building the Broncos. Phil McLaughlin, good to see you with the silent superstar, or, yeah, superstars over on Facebook. We appreciate you, Phil. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. Hopefully it's not hotter than the depths of heck uh, wherever you're at because, my God, I'm dying, Carl. It's hot here. <laughs> Sitting here in <laughs> air conditioning like, man, I'll never complain again. Yeah, um, I, I still remember my first day in Seattle. Our neighbors came up to us and said, hey, would you guys like to come tanning with us? And I was like, this is weird. I've never had somebody ask that question before. And uh, now I kind of see because of all the clouds, you don't get quite all no. the the, the vitamins from the sun like you, you do at other places. And now being back here, yeah, I turn toasty brown every single year. So it's kind of kind of nice to see. But uh, yeah, I hope everybody's staying cool out there if you're in some of these hot places that are getting getting pretty toasty right now. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Phil. We also got Jay coming in saying, the Broncos offense has been so lame in the past that one turnover is hard to come back from with Russell Wilson. We should be able to overcome those turnovers. You'd hope so. Um, also, you'd hope that Carl made the point earlier, but we actually have data to show that last year, the Broncos faced more uh, heavy boxes or stacked boxes than any team in football with Russell Wilson and the weapons and KJ Handler returning. You would hope that the Broncos and probably a lot more uh, 
probably not a lot more, but more 11 personnel usage than, you know, 12 and 21. You'd think that the Broncos boxes would be less stacked this season, giving those running backs room to roam. And that's, you know, the fact that Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon looked as good as they did last year, in spite of consistently having stacked boxes, just should make you really excited for them. I don't think we're talking enough about how excited we should be about these running backs in general, because what Russell Wilson does for the receivers, but he's going to do a lot for the running backs as well. For sure. Like I said, that, that opening up of the boxes where you have one less guy to have to worry about on most plays, or even sometimes two guys that you might not have to worry about coming down, trying to stop the run game yeah. just opens up those holes. And we've seen Javante Williams, when he gets the open field, Oh boy, that is, that's where the money's at. And yeah. and Melvin Gordon can do that too. I, I was reading about a play today there at, at minicamp uh, where he went down the sideline, huge, huge gain. I think, I think Albert Okoebanam was the guy actually blocking on the edge. And, yeah. and helped bring him for the play. So that's really good to hear as well, that maybe he's developing as a, a, a all-around tight end. The Broncos need him to, to be able to hold that edge to, to really set up the entire run game. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into a little bit more. But first, Miguel coming in saying, Evening, gents. Good evening to you, Miguel. Hope you're doing well. Uh, why is everyone wanting to act like McDaniels is a great coach when he blew up Denver, acting like Hackett has no resume? It's all the Patriots stuff. Uh, you know, he's been working with Tom Brady forever. He's, you know, one degree of separation from Bill Belichick. So he must be brilliant. And uh, Josh McDaniels has been a good offensive coordinator to date. He just, we've kind of seen it with, I mean, Bill Belichick's still one of the best coaches in the league, but when he hasn't had a Hall of Fame quarterback, he, you know, missed the playoffs. Um, so we'll see how McDaniels does with Der uh, Derek Carr and everything. And without the defensive backbone of Bill Belichick there, I think he's going to be fine. I th the biggest thing is his people skills and if we'll see if he learned anything from his time in Denver where it sounded like he was you know a little dictator of sorts right the the players in Denver they all talked about how McDaniels was one of the most prepared coaches they've ever been around I mean X's and O's the guy is off the charts yeah. I mean he's going to run circles around most coaches even in the NFL when it comes to that but like you said those people skills the ability to actually connect to players connect to other coaches I remember when the Broncos started out there at six and oh a lot of that was actually the defense was playing really well. They were mm -hmm. keeping games really close and and the offense did a few things here and there, but nothing too crazy. And uh, I remember he went to his defensive coordinator and said, Hey, I don't like how you're calling games. I'm taking over and like telling him, I'm going to dictate how you call your defense. He's like, we're six and zero and a top 10 defense. Really? You're going to tell me how to do my job. And then of course that guy left that year no. and McDaniels, then everything blew up. So yeah. uh, that's going to be the big thing with the Raiders too. Can he do better in that area? Has he improved over these years? I, I don't know. I, I don't think he, I think he can get better. I don't think he can get to be one of the best in that area as a coach by any means, just because personality wise, you, you are who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people can grow, people can change. I mean, Bill Belichick was fired and sunk at the Browns and then went on a, an incredible run with the Patriots. So most uh, great coaches in the NFL are on their second leg as a head coach. So we'll find out. Um, but who knows? Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming back in saying really cool here in Tucson, only 104 right now. <laughs> well, that's right. I, I hope it's a dry 104. There's a big difference between, you know, high humidity, hundred degrees and low humidity, hundred degrees. Right. Yeah. All right. We got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in here. Good to see you, Gary saying, Hey, Nick and Carl and Scott, good stuff. I favor having two good backs with the 17 games. And I like that Gordon keeps his foot on the gas, keeps the juices flowing. Yeah, like I said, that, that's the big thing. When you can have 1A, 1B coming into the game, and both of them are three down running backs. So you, you can't really sit there and say, 
oh my gosh, they, we know he's going to hand off on this because this guy can't catch or he can't block. Yeah. No, both of them can do all three areas of, of catching, blocking, running, whatever you need from them, they can do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Going to be really fun to see those two guys. And uh, Pro Football Focus, did you see where they had the Broncos running backs uh, ranked amongst, amongst the league's leaders? I, I did not. I saw one report where it was like 15th and 20th or something like that. Those are the individual rankings, but they did the uh, positional groups for okay. the whole teams. And they had the Broncos coming in at the running back position at nine overall. So we can circle Ooh. back to that. Um, but first, we got some, uh, we got a big, uh, big super chat coming in here that we want to get into um, from Spencer Haney saying, Howdy from Wisconsin up there. I hope you like, hope you didn't get uh, hit with too badly with that weather front that went through here. Uh, I saw Wisconsin was just like pure red on the radar yesterday. So hopefully, doing okay there. Um, he says, looking forward to watching good quarterback play from Russ this year because Nick and Nick and I won't <laughs> get that watching Iowa and Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. No comment. Set cry face. Yeah. All the way around. Uh, go Broncos and on Wisconsin. I won't get, I won't give you an on Wisconsin, although I do appreciate your guys ability to send a uh, very disciplined, good defensive players to the league and a uh, good offensive lineman as well. So shout out to that. Wisconsin is pretty much everything I would like Iowa to become year to year. I don't expect Iowa to become Ohio state or, Michigan level of recruits and brand, but if they can get, get up to Wisconsin's tier, that's who we're punching up to. Sorry, sad Nebraska fans, uh, not you guys, but uh, thank you so much. $50 from Spencer. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely have a little bit more fun with the, the offense this year in Denver than we will in Wisconsin and in, uh, and in Iowa. It's nice hearing all the, the media people just talk about the, the rainbow throws by, by Russ and just connecting on those down the field to, to all these players. And, And I even heard he was throwing over the middle today in practice Mm -hmm. hitting some guys on some some quick slants and uh so maybe he's evolving his game with this offense when they're trying to to mix Hackett and and Russ I I don't know I'm excited to see what it's all going to be about and you know we're talking about a Wisconsin running back today and a Wisconsin quarterback as well Mm -hmm. you know so the that that they're flowing through the Broncos right now I'm sorry Iowa has kind of been kicked to the curb you got got Jewel is that is that it from Iowa now on Since, Michael, Michael Ojemudia. Oh, yeah, Ojemudia. Okay, so and, uh, I guess Sean, we're... Sean Byer's still there at tight end. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we got a couple. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not going to get to the kick Iowa to the curb yet. And uh, But I found the uh, article here on Pro Football Focus. Ben Lindsay over at PFF had the Broncos running back tandem ranked at ninth overall in the entire league. And he says Melvin Gordon's return this offseason in free agency maintains one of the more evenly split one-two punches in the entire league at the running back position. Last season, there was a clamoring for Javante Williams, for more Javante Williams snaps after Williams maintained his status as a tackle-breaking extraordinaire, ranking first in missed tackles per carry in 2021, just as he did in his final season in North Carolina. However, Gordon still profile, profiles as a very efficient runner, entering his eighth season as he's earned PFF rushing grades of above 83 in each of his two seasons with the Broncos. So Melvin Gordon, steady Eddie, uh, probably a little bit more trustworthy in the past game right now as well. I'm totally fine just riding the hot hand with these two and letting it be a pretty much essentially a 50-50 split again this year. I think pe- people, when Melvin Gordon had that interview saying, you know, fans were kind of, you know, ridiculous to him a little bit, started to, I guess, you know, speak cheer for Gordon a little bit. But now it feels like we're kind of regressing back to hating on Gordon and uh, to just a prop of Javante Williams. You don't have to do that. You can like both. You can cheer for both. It's not a zero-sum game for pulling for these guys. So, um, really excited to see what Gordon can do this season. And uh, like they said, number nine overall um, for the uh, for the rankings for a running back backfield. I think he's had one of the most unfair treatments of a player of his caliber 
coming to Denver because when he first came, of course, you know, Philip Lindsay's here. Yeah. So everybody's loving the hometown kid. And then Lindsay leaves. And of course, then they draft Javante who comes in and has his highlight plays and everybody's like, we need more Javante. And so I feel like Gordon's just never been given quite the fair shot compared yeah. to, to the player that he is. And, and with the offense as, as down as it's been, he's still at least kept it at a halfway consistent level for the Broncos moving the ball, picking up some first downs that they otherwise wouldn't. So, um, so yeah, I, I actually appreciate Gordon. I, I think he got overpaid a little bit because obviously running backs don't matter according to Nick. No, I, I, there's some nuance to that. <laughs> there is, there is. I, but I mean, he did get paid a lot to come to Denver. And I, yeah. I think that also kind of played into it of you're making this much money. You better be a top 10 running back. And he's, he's been kind of borderline right on that edge there for him. Yeah, uh, he's he'll be good this year. I'm excited to see again, coming back to having some space to run. There's no better correlator for better yards per carry than defensive box numbers. So if you can use your personnel and the other team can respect your pass game and quarterback enough to have to play too high, to have to play dime defense, your running backs are going to be better and more efficient. And then if they're so good, the other teams didn't have to kind of pivot also. Um, also, there was an interesting inf- uh, interview a couple weeks ago between, oh God, one of the lead data scientists at PFF and Josh Heisermeyer. Heisemeyer, he has like uh, Heisenberg as his profile picture. He's a big data analyst uh, person um, out there in the football world, but they had a pretty interesting interview about how the play action game is going to, we're probably going to start seeing a dramatic change here in the next few seasons because defenses are really starting to change how they're teaching uh, their linebackers to attack that. No more biting, um, letting the run make sure it's instead of reading run to pass, it's pass to run. And we kind of seeing that with uh, Levant, not Levante David, uh, Darius Leonard is one of those guys. And some of those Vic Fangio defenses have started to lean into that as well. So um, having running backs who can even further uh, take advantage of the teams, maybe not triggering on that run action would be great for the Broncos and uh, getting a balanced offense. Derek player coming in with an interesting question. I'm going to kick this one to you, Carl. Uh, how does this Broncos roster 2022 compare to the Super Bowl winning 2015 team? I mean, this is tough because I don't want to talk too terribly about Peyton Manning, but he was a bottom 15 quarterback that year, at least on the field, off the field and his leadership and all that obviously played a big part in what that team could do. Uh, The the 2015 team, they had the historic defense. This is not going to be a historic defense. They're going to be a good defense. Don't get me wrong. I I think they can actually even be a a top five defense if everybody stays healthy. And if, if Chubb plays more like what he did his rookie year, uh, and maybe takes a little bit step up from that, then then you can have, like I said, a top five defense. But they're not going to be historic. Offensively, they can be a top 10 unit. I'm not going to say that they're going to be the best unit this year just because new offense being installed. Um, Outen talked about it today in his press conference. Of It takes months to get this offense down for players. He said, mm-hmm. for us to be able to integrate everything that we want to do, of all the different formations that we can throw at teams, uh, we, we need a lot of time to make this work. So it, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be perfect at the beginning of the season. Uh, thankfully, the Broncos, it looks like they have an easier part of their schedule early on mm-hmm. so they can kind of work out some of the, the issues that they're going to have. But the, still, even in the NFL, <laughs> that, that could cost you a game that maybe you shouldn't lose. So hopefully by November, Broncos are starting to click, get those things going for them. And, and so I feel like this could be a more balanced team overall where you can win many different ways. Your defense could one day win it for you. The next day it could be the passing game. Next day it could be the running game. I'm not going to say special teams yet because we haven't really seen our returner yet of what he can bring to the table. But but for the most part, like I said, this is more of a multiple team of how you can win. 2015 team, if the defense didn't play great, you're not winning that day. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, biggest differences I would say are I like the personnel of the offense better on this team than the 2015 team. Uh, but you had in 20, 2015 at cornerback, you had two top 10 cornerbacks that season and Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris Jr. I would argue Bradley Roby was a top 15, top 20 cornerback that season as well. And you had not only incredibly better uh, talent and depth as pass rushers, you had multiple game records, like proven game records and winners. Like Von Miller in that 2015 season was probably the best defensive player in football. It was either him or J.J. Watt or Mack, but like legitimate game records, game winners, guys that, you know, you don't even have to worry about scheme. That guy's going to get his and win a matchup. I really like Bradley Chubb. I'm excited about the profile of Randy Gregory. I think Draymond Jones is one of the more underrated interior defensive linemen in football, but we're not talking about those guys in the same tier as Miles Garrett, as TJ Watt, as Aaron Donald. And those guys are the straw that stirs the drink for elite defenses, in my opinion. I just don't think the Broncos not only don't have the quality depth that the 2015 team had and uh, don't have the singular game-by-game, like, we need to play, guy makes a play, level pass rusher, which completely changes things and there's only a handful of those guys and when you have one it's special it's one of the reasons why carl and i said many times when the broncos had von miller you know von's getting up there in age the contract's changing appreciate him always here because he's elite right now and uh, we're watching special and it's not going to always be here broncos aren't always going to have von they're always not going to have special rushing the passer so uh that's probably the biggest difference and that's not to take away from this unit's potential as well you mentioned it the 2015 defense is historic it's uh, to expect this defense to be historic without even seeing what they look like on the field with a new scheme is unrealistic and unfair to them yeah. as well. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Yeah, for sure. Like, like I said, I, I think this team really can be more balanced, and I, I think they can – they can do some damage. They they could go win the Super Bowl. They get into the playoffs. That there's no telling what they can do. I, I think the schedule sets up favorably for them compared to the rest of the division because they're getting the fourth place schedule. Uh, so th- they've got some easier games that they can maybe sneak a few more mm-hmm. compared to another team. And I mean, we saw with the Bengals last year. The Bengals were not the best team in the AFC last year, no. but they got hot at the right time. They had turnovers at the right time, and and their playmakers made plays. If the Broncos can have their playmakers go make plays at the right time. No telling what's going to happen, but uh, yep. we got Zebulon coming in. Thank you, Zebulon saying Gordon can absolutely make some huge plays. He made plenty against the Broncos as a charger. It's been obvious. Denver has held him back really. Yeah. I mean, when, when you don't have to worry about the quarterback, you, you pretty much, when you can dare the quarterback, please go beat me. We're, we're going to stick everybody in the box, win over the top and, and your quarterback can't do it. Your run game's going to be handcuffed at that point. And, and so the running backs made as much as they could out of a really bad situation. And now they've got a really great situation. So it, it is, it's going to be fun to see what they can do when, when you've got that combination, it, it just, it, it's, it's amazing to watch. I mean, the Patriots have done it for years where they've had usually, I mean, a top, top tier, not top tier. I mean, a top 10 running game as well as Tom Brady and yep. they've worked really well together. That that's, that's how they won a lot of Super Bowls. Yep. With the defense. As yeah, well, well, yeah, top 10 defense too. Top yes. five, I would say even. Um, the only time Peyton Manning had a top 16 defense with the Colts, I think he won a Super Bowl. So uh, that's a little feather for Peyton's cap. Maybe it was top 10, but I think it was top 16. They didn't have many good defenses. Um, and good pass rushers, but uh, need some coverage guys too. Dale Fleming saying Gordon is a solid, good, solid, and productive back. Absolutely is, and the Broncos are going to need him this year. 
Uh, so hopefully he can play pretty well. Um, we have Dave from Georgia coming in and saying evening Broncos country evening to you, Dave. Hope you're doing well. Always good to see Dave in here. I also saw that Benjamin Flores was in the house. What's up? My two favorite MHH fellas. Well, that's uh, that's high company because there's some good people yeah. uh, working in here. So uh, we appreciate that, Benjamin. Hope you're doing well. And uh, always good to see a, a friendly and familiar face in here. We also got Zach Powers coming in. Man, I wish I had a cool last name like Powers. Nick Kendall. Nah, nah. Zach Powers. That sounds like a created player in like uh, NCAA football or something. That'd be a five-star recruit uh, coming in. Actually, better baseball name. Um, but uh, Zach Powers saying Broncos run game is still going to be good this year. Every team in the division spent most of their offseason acquiring pieces to defend against the run. That's true. Um, the Chiefs, yeah, kind of the Chiefs. Chiefs linebackers, I think, are really good and underrated. Nick Bolton had one of the better rookie seasons as a run defender that we've seen in a while. And uh, the Chargers spent a lot of money to fix that run defense. Still don't respect anything of the uh, the Raiders front seven outside the edge rushers. They're really good, but they're they're the rest of the defense. I don't really respect that much. Uh, we'll be interesting to see how good they are. Uh, Carl, what what is going to define uh, the Broncos running game and running back success this season? Like what is going to be the biggest uh, catalyst for whether or not they're going to be great boarding on elite or are they going to be closer to the middle of the pack? Is it just the running backs talent? Or are there any other keys that you're looking for? Well, I'm looking for the big moments of the third short plays. Mm-hmm. Can they pick up those yards? The The goal line situations, can they actually get that into the end zone? You know, that's been part of the problem in the last few years, again, is when you don't respect the pass game, those plays get stuffed at mm-hmm. a pretty high rate. And and so, and, and Javante Williams as well, again, he's got to work on his vision to be able to see those moments where the hole opens up and that third and one can turn into a first down. You know, you don't have to turn into a 40-yard play. Just go get the one yard and yeah. make the, the drive continue. That's what I really want to see from this run game this year is just being that really great complementary football to the, the pass game pick up the, the tough yards, continue to, to make drives, continue on where you're getting an extra two or three drives per game just because the – not really drives per game, but, I mean, extra opportunities hmm. compared to, to years past. It'll matter, and uh, hopefully the running game will help the Broncos a lot on those third and short opportunities, help maybe lead into some more explosive pass plays if teams are respecting it, but also in the red zone. Harder to – you know, really rely on the home run defense or home run offense when you are getting closer and closer to the red zone and the defense is compressed and the running game can really help, you know, make some of those th- drives that end in three points rather into seven points, which can win games. Uh, Chase Walner coming in saying, do you guys think Melvin and Javante will catch more passes this year? Uh, they caught a lot of passes last year, but Hackett will utilize them uh, a lot based on history. I think if you look at the Packers history and how they use the running backs last season, I think it was Aaron Jones. It was like the second leading target getter for that Packers offense last season. And uh, the other running back whose name has escaped me, the big guy from Boston college um, weighs like 250 AJ Dillon um, was go. also uh, heavily utilized in the past game. So yeah. it's definitely possible in Denver. The big difference is um, outside of Devonte Adams, that Packers passing options were not amazing. I mean, not to take away too much from Alan Lazard and uh, Valdez Scantling and Equanimee St. Brown, you know, fine players, but uh, most of the offense ran through uh, Devonte Adams. This Broncos offense, they don't have a Devonte Adams caliber receiver on paper right now, uh, I would say, but you have a bevy more options, much more of a number of high quality options. So maybe that means you're not going to see the running backs used as much in the past game, but uh, we don't know. I mean, Tim Patrick said it in an interview a couple weeks ago, this offense is going to be one we've never seen before. It's a mismatch of what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do and what Russell Wilson wants to do. What does that look like? 
going to find out in uh, due time. And luckily, the Broncos have all three of their preseason games televised live, so we should know in good time. Yeah, uh, I will tell you one of the things that got mentioned today by some of the media was uh, Javante was going out as an outside wide receiver. Hmm. And they did that quite a bit, even Melvin Gordon as well, both of them going out there. So you're going to see, I think, sometimes start in the backfield, motion them out, have them lined up against some cornerbacks, see if you can take advantage of some of those matchups and, and just see how teams are going to play you. But we got Phil coming back in again. Thank you so much, Phil, saying, I feel Boone is a solid third, averaging over five yards a carry. What what do you guys think of him? Also, I am thinking a 65-35 split with our two starters. Well, I guess I'll start with Boone, and then you could maybe answer the second question there for us. Okay. I, I like Boone as the third running back. I do. I, I think he's a good special teams guy. Uh, when he's gotten some opportunities in the NFL with some carries, he has. He's done really well with the Vikings. He didn't really get much of an opportunity with the Broncos since both running backs stayed healthy last year. But uh, I, I think the Broncos should bring in more competition for the the running back position. I know another local kid was brought in this week. Uh, Borgie mm-hmm. uh, was was brought in, and the the coaches talked about him. Said he did really well in his his time with the team. I, I don't know if that means he'll stick stick with them or not. But uh, but for a third guy, yeah, Boone is a solid guy. What do you think about the split there? I think the split's going to be closer to like 55-45, and uh, it's going to be a lot of it, in my opinion, should be predicated on who's playing well and who's the healthiest. Uh, you have two good running backs. If one of them's at 80% and one of them's at 95%, use the healthier back. Um, some of it might also be you have uh, a team that, you know, their linebackers are good in sp- good in space as far as coverage, but they can't tackle. Maybe you want to use Javante Williams, or you have more plotters who are better in the box at tackling, but not as good in space, uh, get into that, you know, that D gap, uh, against, you know, outside zone spread, or, uh, maybe also using the, the pass game, then you could use Melvin Gordon. So, uh, really just leaning in the hot hand. We'll see how it plays out. Boone, I have no issue keeping Boone. I know that Scott and I talked a bit about Boone back and forth saying that for a third running back, he's making too much money. Um, that's true. You're also not paying very much for Gordon or Williams right now. So if you pay a little bit more for your third running back, I don't care that much. Biggest thing is he needs to be a plus player on special teams. He can't yeah. just be, you know, a body in special teams. He needs to be a plus player. Uh, so that can make or break if he uh, stays on the team or not. Uh, in from my perspective this season. For sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's keep it going here. Um, talking a little bit. Uh, we had a question coming in here. Oh, first I want to say hello to Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good evening, Broncos country. Let's ride. Good to see you, Michael. Hopefully you're doing well. And uh, I saw a question in here earlier. Oh, of course, $20 super 1999 to be exact coming in from Naj uh, saying, Hey brothers, what do you expect from the offensive line this year? Will Natani Moody step up and do a starting role? How do you th- uh, how do you think the line stacking up against these formidable edge rushers? How will the line stack up against the formidable edge rushers in the division? Uh, so I'll kick it off here quickly. Um, I think the offensive line is going to be okay. Um, I do have growing concerns with the right tackle position because I did not know um, at the time until I guess more recently that uh, Billy Turner was dealing with a injury that is still nagging him. Um, and that puts up the, you know, the antenna goes up when you hear something like that. It's like, Oh, still having injuries and taking times off before you even had like contact. I know he's a vet. I know he knows what he's doing and hack it and everybody's comfortable with him, but that makes me concerned. Um, Calvin Anderson has a chance to at their right tackle, but I think he's more of a natural left tackle. So that makes me a little bit concerned too. Um, I do think that Brandon shell is still out there. I think that uh, Bobby Massey is still out there as well. So if you needed to bring in somebody because Billy Turner's, you know, not progressing like you'd hoped, 
there are some options out there, not great options, but, but options and probably better than, uh, oh gosh, I should know his name, uh, Braden, uh, who's playing right tackle right now, who has only logged about a few games, a few snaps in his career on the offensive side of the ball. So a little bit concerned there about the right tackle. Well, um, what do you think there? Let's, let's, let's pick this one apart a bit. Cause I think the, yeah. we're talking about the running games, we love the running backs. I set you up earlier. What's going to be the biggest thing that uh, determines how good they can be. It's going to be the offensive line. Yeah. And, and Moody, I have heard he has actually looked really good so far now, given pads haven't gone on. So when you're talking about offensive yeah. line doing blocking, it's, they're very limited on what they can do contact wise. I mean, the bears just lost a practice because they, they had too much contact. So you got to be careful with some of that, but Moody, I mean, he's strong. Uh, maybe if he's gotten his feet a little bit better, you, you can really see him step up in this this system. Uh, I, I really did like him coming out of college. I was a huge fan of his. And, you know, you get some of these big guys, Quinn Miners as well, get those two guys at the guard spot. I mean, really, I'd rather switch to a power system at that point, just run straight forward yeah. with those guys plotting the way. But but no, I hope Moody can, can stick around and, and do well at this team. And you're right. I mean, the, the nice thing is the Broncos have a lot of guys with a lot of different ex- starting experience. So it's, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, we don't know who they're going to be. So they're not a good offensive line. No, it's just, they've got so many different options and ways that they could go about this. They want to take their time before they really nail it down of who's going to be the starters. Um, I think really right now, the only ones that you can pretty much be careful with or be good with that. They're going to be starting bowls. Quinn Myers is going to start somewhere. I think those are about the only two that you really know at this point. And uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, I've heard he's looked pretty good as well. Mm -hmm. And that's good to hear, you know, third year, you're hoping that he's taking that next step, moving up the the charts. You know, he started out as the worst center in football, his rookie year, moved up a few spots last year. Hopefully now he's more middle of the pack this season. Yeah, we'll see. Um, He sounds like he's been progressing. They've been uh, talking about his intelligence a lot. Biggest question for me is going to be his mobility in the run game. You know, you have to be able to uh, peel off and reach the second level and hit a moving target, whether it be a linebacker or a safety uh, to really make this offense work. And I've been spoiled uh, watching the Iowa Hawkeyes the last few years with Tyler Linderbaum and uh, James Daniels before that to, uh, you know, early draft picks at the center position in this outside zone scheme specifically. So uh, I'll be with it with a careful eye on Lloyd Cushenberry this year to see how he plays. Uh, the other big one is his ability to handle big monster nose tackle types uh, to anchor has been an issue with him so far. And that can be an issue with Russell Wilson, who then if you know, you have a guy on top of you <laughs> with his height uh, can be a problem, but we'll see uh, Moody. I think Moody's just as likely to not make the team as he is. I know they're talking big about him and that would be great, um, but his pass protection so far has been concerning and, um, I'm going to circle back to some information that uh, you and I both heard following the conclusion of the draft is that uh, George Payton, and the Broncos have arm length parameters, not only on the tackles uh, for being long, but the interior offensive linemen as well. And I think the number was 34 inches. Moody had like 32 inch yeah. arm length. And that, that shows uh, in his pass blocking reps. So um, I'm obviously the coaching staff is going to advocate for players in the roster. They can, it's a different process uh, than, bringing in guys in free agency or the draft versus evaluating your own roster and cutting it down. Uh, but still, those are things that that's information we have. Maybe that'll be a tiebreaker uh, for him, but overall, hopefully the offensive line can be pretty good this year. Right. Tackle does make me nervous. And you mentioned it, the edge rushes in this division insane. Um, who do you think is going to have the best edge rushing duo in this division, Carl? I'll, I'll give it to the Raiders. Okay. Why? I think Crosby is one of the more underrated 
edge players. I, I think he should be mentioned in with the top 10 guys a lot more often and bringing in um, Jones. Mm-hmm. I think Jones is, Still got a couple of good years left in him. I think he's been, again, one of those players that just every year has been one of the most consistent pass rushers in all of football. Love both those guys. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough. I, I do like what the Chargers have as well. Mm-hmm. Chiefs are not in that conversation for me for the, t- the top yeah. one. It's between the Chargers Raiders for me. But I, like I said, I, I just feel Max Crosby. That guy destroys the Broncos every single year. It's hard to watch him. Yeah. Uh, if you could take two pass rushers in the division right now, uh, just for, you know, make a team on Madden, you know, the ultimate, what are the draft uh, that you can have there? Who would be the two in the AFC West? I think it would be, I think it would be Max Crosby. And uh, why am I spacing on the Chargers? Joey Bosa? Yeah, Joey Bosa. Okay. I think those would be my two guys. I had a trick. That's the trick answer for you on my end. Uh, I would be going with, I like Max Crosby a lot. I think he's a very good player, but I'd be going Joey Bosa and Chris Jones. Cause I think it's a, having a inside outside ability rushing the passer is more valuable than two edge rushers. Um, I'd rather have a dominant interior and a dominant edge guy than two edges. You can do more, I think, but um, I don't think you can go wrong there um, with that. And unfortunately uh, it's going to be an issue for the Broncos this season as well. And yes, I'm seeing that I had a cat in my background. I think that was my, my sister's cat, my sister's, in town uh, getting married and she brought her two cats with and i searched the whole house for them beforehand hoping they weren't in here looking under the bed and i guess one of them crawled in the bed or something god i don't know i I just loved when the cat saw she was on camera just froze like they can't see me if i don't move yeah it's a very nice cat but uh, my understanding is not the uh not the brightest uh bulb in the box but uh, <laughs> i'll have to tell my sister later that the cat came on chloe coming in saying the chargers will have the best edges melvin will sneakily be a top three offensive player for us he's a vet and he's gonna get, be great okay so chargers top edges i think the chargers as well i'll take them as well we'll see carl maybe we'll have put a bet on that still waiting for that monkey tail speaking of bets but um uh, melvin sneakily being a top three offensive player for the broncos this year what do you think about this one well, I mean, like I said, the, the vision side of things, when you're talking about the zone scheme, I mean, everybody mm-hmm. talked about that with Terrell Davis when they had the outside zone. His vision is what made him the best running back in football back there in the, the mid-90s. And I know Barry Sanders was there as well, so I'm not trying to dog on Barry Sanders. But Terrell Davis yeah. was just something special in that zone blocking scheme. And and I think Melvin Gordon can be the same thing, where he, he has that great vision. He's got patience to wait for when the hole opens up. And when it does, he explodes through it. And he's got enough explosion to turn mm-hmm. it into a pretty big play. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he's – I don't think I would call him top three just because, I mean, I guess what are we talking, offensive player. I mean, Russell Wilson's yeah. going to be top three. I'm going to say Cortland Sutton as well. And I'm going to give it to Jerry Judy is my top three. Just I, I've heard a lot of good things coming out. Now that Jerry Judy's finally back to practice, getting in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Justin Simmons talked about today. He's never gone against a player – of Jerry Judy's route running ability. He said that guy just gets open in a hurry. And uh, and I think he and Russ are going to have a pretty good connection. They're going to turn in some big plays. Cortland Sutton, with his ability to win over the top, I, he's going to fit perfect with Russell Wilson. So I, that would be my top three. But if Melvin Gordon got in there as a top three guy, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, for me, the top three on the offense would obviously be uh... – Russell Wilson would be number one. Um, I don't know if we're not including Russell or not. Uh, after that, it would be Cortland Sutton, and then it would be uh, Garrett Bowles. But uh, definitely have a chance for either those running backs or either those wide receivers. I mean, Tim Patrick deserves a shout-out. Yep. K.J. Hamler is a dark horse as hell. Uh, could be incredible for this offense this season. I cannot wait to see K.J. Hamler. I think I'm not going to be 
the most exciting of the Broncos this will be this year is the Russell Wilson to KJ Hamler connection when that happens. That's the one I'm the most excited for because it's going to be explosive, must-watch TV every time. It's going to be highlight playing um, every time. And Dale coming in saying, I absolutely with you on that, Jay. Uh, maybe DJ Jones can be in a force in the inside pressures. Uh, what do you think about the uh, DJ Jones coming in this year being a pressure player for the Broncos defense? It's not his game. It's never really been his game in the NFL, and it's kind of hard to see at this point that he all of a sudden becomes that. He has some ability as a pass rusher. It's just he's more brought in. He's being paid the big money because of his ability to stop the run. You know, he's a top five interior defensive lineman at stopping the run. And the Broncos struggled at that last year, didn't have the interior guys to make that work. And and it's why it's a nice complimentary football with Draymond Jones in there as well, where he can get after the passer and, and DJ Jones can be more the, the run stuffer guy. And, and that's okay. You know, that, that's like I said, you need those kind of guys to make this defense work. If you're going to play a lot of dime formations, you need a DJ Jones on your team. So I, I'm still excited about him. And like I said, he still has some ability as a pass rusher. He's just not going to be a top 10 guy when it comes to the end of the season at that area. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one completely. I am really curious to see how DJ Jones looks this year on this front, because while DJ Jones was a really good run defender, he was surrounded by some incredibly lengthy defensive linemen around him. Um, Eric Armstead playing the edge. I mean, I don't know if there are any edge rushers the size of him in the NFL because um, he's essentially a defensive tackle out there playing that position. Uh, you also had uh, Javon Kinlaw uh, when he's not having the bad uh, interviews online, uh, really mm-hmm. upsetting ones, I guess, or kind of unhinged, I guess is the word I'll use. Um, he's a really talented, lengthy edge, uh, run defender as well. So DJ Jones was afforded a little bit more space, I guess, or cleaner looks. Um, and he might have to deal with more muck uh, with shorter arms, smaller uh, defensive linemen around him. So it will be interesting to, to see how the, all that looks. I think he's going to be a great player. It's just the length does pose some questions given how he was utilized and the type of players around him for the 49ers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yep. And uh, we got some final comments coming in here before we start to wrap on up, talking about KJ Hamler here saying, EJ saying, I just pray little KJ can stay healthy and finish a full season without going on IR. KJ and Judy ended the season with zero touchdowns. They need to bring it this year. Absolutely. And both those guys need to understand that this season is probably going to be one of the big ones for what their next contract looks like. If you are injured and missed time this season, going to be pretty damn hard for you to get a big contract after the 2023 season because you'd have multiple seasons there of lack of production and injuries. So uh, if they're thinking about their wallets and their long-term financial abilities, um, needs to start this season. Uh, this is going to be the building block to spring themselves forward to 2023 and hopefully a big payday on their end because we're pulling for them uh, to get the big money. Right. And, and Jerry Judy talked about that today. Somebody asked him about the zero touchdowns last season. And he, he's, he acknowledged, like, he, he's thinking about it. And he's like, when I get that first touchdown, you will know I've gotten that first touchdown. So I, I think he's already even got his d- dance picked out of what he's going to do. Uh, and and I expect him to, to be right back up there. Like I said, I, you get a quarterback that can lead him. Once he gets an open field, that guy is one of the more dangerous wide receivers in the NFL. Um, yeah. we, we saw the few opportunities he got over these last couple of years. He, he can make something special happen. So just need to, to see what Russ can do with him. But we got Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, I think the only way Russ can play to his heights are by being dependent on his running backs and tight end. He's going to need to count on them to bring up defenses uh, or his long ball will always be contested. You're right. He's got to find the open guy. I think there are times with Seattle, he tried to force it way too much down the field at times. 
you know, once teams made those adjustments later in the season, he just, he, he had some struggles. And so hopefully this meshing of the, the Hackett offense where he can challenge maybe a little bit more of the middle of the field, take advantage of those running backs, find a, a big tight end like Albert Okawebenam, uh, you know, it just makes teams have to respect all the areas where he can throw the football. And, and Russ can throw it all over the field. It's just a matter of he has his preferences, and he's got to learn that sometimes he's got to go some other places just to keep a defense honest. Yeah, I mean, he's been dependent on his running back so far in his career for the structure of his offense, and uh, they've been balanced. We're going to see what it looks like. There was an interview with K.J. Wright talking about uh, the former linebacker of the Seattle Seahawks, K.J. Wright, and the dynamics between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And Pete was a little bit more of that old school, need to be balanced, need to wear down the opposing defense, where Russ is looking to expand his ability. I think one of the big reasons uh, he wanted to go to New Orleans originally was to work with uh, Sean Payton, uh, who did a lot with a short quarterback and a high-volume offense, or high-volume passing offense. So we'll see what that looks like here in this offense. It's going to have a lot of weapons. I am curious about your comments and uh, Lawrence's comment on the middle of the field uh, with the tight ends, because you can have the quick pass game in the RPO offense without it needing to be middle of the field oriented. It can be speed outs or quick outs or stuff like that, right. where Judy can get open quickly outside uh, from the slot to outside the hash marks or, you know, quick little slant or something too over the middle, but it doesn't have to be middle of the field predicated. I think the running game is going to be more about that in my opinion. Yeah, I, I still, I think you're going to see him throw more over the middle of the field this year than he has in the past. Yeah. Just because Hackett, the system that he's coming from, that was an area that they loved. Yep. And yes, I know you had Aaron. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm spacing on names today. Um, but Aaron uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's been a long day. Like I said, I've been at camp. Didn't yeah. get hardly any sleep with little kids wanting to stay up all night. But uh, so I think he's still going to want some of that to be a part of this. And uh, I think you got the receivers to do it too. Yeah. You know, uh, the tight end, even Dulcich, that's one of the places that he, he's got that quick open ability as well. And so taking advantage of all the different weapons that you have, I think you've got to, you've got to utilize the middle of the field more. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully it's more efficient. Uh, last year, Jerry Judy was the, had some of the most least catchable targets uh, in the NFL. And there's like, Oh, he had a terrible passer rating when thrown to him. I saw a lot of stats about that uh, when we were discussing the Broncos receiving core being ranked 10th in the NFL from pro football focus entering the season. And while Judy's the passer rating when throwing to Judy was bad, he had the lowest catchable target rate. So hopefully that'll improve this year. Um, I do want to push back on one thing you said. Uh, you mentioned the Nathaniel Hackett offense and Aaron Rodgers utilizing the middle of the field. They really didn't uh, that much last season based on the heat maps. I didn't go back and chart every single Russell Wilson, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers pass. Um, but I thought the, I think I read that the offenses that utilized the middle of the field the least last season, the top three were the Green Bay Packers, um, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so we'll see if that carries over what it looks like. Obviously, the weapons change, schemes change, and the defenses the Broncos are going to be playing are going to be different too. We're going to see a lot more uh, two high safeties, so maybe there's more room uh, over the middle of the field. So right. uh, going to see how that plays out. But um, thank you so much, Lawrence. I hope wanted to give you a freebie there since you're always such a supporter for us. And uh, we're going to get on out of here after this comment from uh, David Bingman coming in saying, boy, boy, you guys are on your game tonight. Thanks, David. Uh, we appreciate that. I don't know if that's a tongue in cheek because we missed Aaron Rodgers and I was I, uh, stammering earlier, but uh, no, David, we appreciate you. I just had to give Carl a little razz too. Um, been at camp and uh, I got drive across the country brain still. Um, feeling a little bit better after driving 30 hours over two days, although seemed to be uh, 
tragedies and weirdness uh, following us as we drove across the country. First, we went through Coeur d'Alene, which I don't know if you saw what was going on there. It was a little bit of chaos. Saw about 300 cop cars on I-90. And then uh, saw all the flooding and whatnot as we were driving uh, through Yellowstone with the Yellowstone River up pretty high. Yellowstone might be closed for the whole summer. Pretty crazy um, with the roads being uh, washed out there. So uh, who knows? Um, hopefully, knock on wood, no more bad things happen. They say bad happen in three. Maybe it just being so hot. We can just call that be the uh, the third one because I'm dying. There you go. <laughs> uh, what's the rest of your night looking like, Carl? I feel like, man, normally I have a lot to do. I can go cook dinner, go walk the dog, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm on that Pacific time. Now I'm in the Midwest. It's almost bedtime. Well, I'm I'm continuing my race. I got to get about four miles in tonight after oh, this, man. going running, and thankfully <laughs> it's finally cooling off. So I get on my. I just got my new running shoes. I'm very excited mm. and got to break those in with their first run. And I, I just crossed. I think it's about eighty miles in the last about month or so. Wow, of running. So feeling pretty good about that, and got to keep this going. Man, uh, well, I'll be ready for you to come beat my butt up a mountain at some point in the Pacific Northwest. If you're ever out here. Um, but, uh, we appreciate you guys. We're going to get on out of here. Um, make sure that you are following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Delmer MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at PTP football pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, go check out the team, our, our store for the team, uh, mile high huddle team at huddleuppod.com. Check out the gear that I did not travel across country with my hats. They're a little bit pr- too pristine, uh, for how sweaty and dirty and everything I was going to be doing out here outside. So I decided I didn't want to wear that pristine, you know, white uh, building the Broncos hat because it would have definitely gotten dirty and dog slobber on it. Um, staying with too many dogs um, right now, but uh, also make sure you're following us at facebook.com forward slash my high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash my huddle. And finally, um, as the ticker says underneath, make sure you subscribe, like, and share over on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you guys, Carl. Good luck with your run tonight. I'm glad it's cooling down for you and uh, we'll see you guys later i'm not going to be on tomorrow and i won't be here next tuesday because i'll be making the final stretch of the drive back so uh won't be here on building the broncos next week but uh i will see you guys again thursday morning carl will see you guys again next tuesday until then choose kindness and, choose compassion oh go ahead and tomorrow because i'm subbing in for you oh you're subbing in tomorrow so you guys will see yeah. carl tomorrow um even better so uh, great um luke and carl that'll be a fun show uh you guys have a great one carl good luck with your run choose kindness and choose compassion go broncos You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.